You're listening to the podcast of The Branch in Ashland, Virginia. As we continue through our At The Movies series, we look at the Karate Kid. Through the lens of the Karate Kid, we consider Jesus' words to his followers and the cost of following after Jesus, as well as our disappointment when things don't turn out like we thought they would or should. Seems like everywhere we turn these days, whether it's social media or the internet or um, emails, where someone's trying to sell us something all the time. Um, it just seems like, uh, and that the tagline or the advertisement is all about making our lives better somehow or another. Either we're uh, being made better than the people around us um, because we've bought the thing that is trying to be sold or somehow or another it's improved our lives and things are better. Um, And some of us may have even fallen into the trap. I heard years ago someone say uh, that oftentimes what we do when it comes to purchasing things is, is we buy things that we don't need with money that we don't have to uh, impress people that we don't even know or care about. Uh, And I think sometimes we can fall into that same trap. We can fall into that trap where we believe the advertisements that say somehow or another we absolutely need this thing and uh, if we don't get it, then our life will not be nearly as good as, as it would be had we made that purchase. I don't think that the culture of Jesus' day was as consumeristic as as our culture is, but I certainly don't think that it was perfect either. I think they had their issues as well. But it's safe to say that if the Madison Avenue marketing companies and agencies were to look at Jesus, they wouldn't give him a a gold star for marketing or branding um, because Jesus didn't necessarily do himself any favors by the message that he gave to people as far as what it cost to follow him. They probably would have told him, hey, you need to rebrand yourself, especially with passages like what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 25. Jesus said this, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. Forever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? I don't know if you've ever gone into a store to buy something that you knew you needed, or maybe you know uh, you saw an advertisement somewhere. I, I don't know who reads the the like literal paper paper anymore, but if you saw an advertisement somewhere and you said, "Oh, I need to go into the store," and and if if you're like me, sometimes you're in a rush and you forget to read the fine print. That's always there when it comes to one of those sales. And then you get to the store and you realize that the thing that you went to buy wasn't all that it was cracked up to be or you hadn't read the fine print and there was some kind of stipulation in that. You know, I'm, I'm old enough that um, comic books to me were actually paper. Uh, they weren't called graphic novels and I couldn't read them in my Kindle. In fact, oftentimes the comic books that I read as a kid had advertisements in them. And I remember this really cool like army set that was in uh, advertised in, in one of the the comic books that I was reading and, and back then before cell phones before the internet 
Uh, you couldn't just pick up the phone or, or let your fingers do the talking and walking and order something and it would, you know, no luxury of Amazon where it will be here in hours or days. Uh, you had to wait. I mean, it wasn't, I'm not quite old enough like Ralphie in Christmas Story where you waited like forever, but it was close where you had to fill out something by hand. I make sure that all the information was right, and then you'd put it in an envelope with a stamp, if you know what those are. You put it in the mail, and then you know three or four weeks it would take to get there, and then it would take a little while to process, and then you would get it back. And you kept like Ralphie running back to see if if it was waiting for you in the mail. And, you know, what was so disappointing was that there were often times, especially in those days, where you would see something in a picture and you'd be like, this is the coolest thing ever. You, you put your, you know, um, check or whatever money order in the mail, you wait for it, and then it gets there and you find out that it's like, it's like going to one of those resorts where they take the picture in the top corner of the room to make it look like it's like the biggest thing ever. And then you realize that it's not really all that it's cracked up to be. You're, maybe you've had that experience before in life where you had expectations of what something was going to be. And then it came to you and you realize like, this isn't what I thought it was. I, I thought this was going to be very different. You know, maybe it was with your family. Maybe it was with a relationship. Maybe you thought that you'd be further along in your career than you thought, you, than you really are. And you're disappointed with that. Maybe somebody had sold something to you that, that really didn't uh, match everything that they had said to you. As we continue looking at movies for these next few weeks, we're looking at an old school movie. I said that you know, the difference in generations is whether you look at Karate Kid and say Pat Morita or Jackie Chan, right? And some of us are like, Jackie Chan was in a Karate Kid movie? And others are for like, who's Pat Morita, right? So today we're just going to look at a few clips uh, from Karate Kid, the original Karate Kid, um, and and glean some of the things, some spiritual lessons that I think we can from that. And so this first clip that we're going to watch, Daniel and his mom are are living in New Jersey, and his mom gets a job, and they drive cross-country, and somehow or another his mom's tried to convince him that it's a good idea by telling him all the things that he'll experience there, no more snow shoveling, Sun, sunshine and palm trees all the time and a beautiful pool and we see what happens when Daniel encounters reality versus what was sold to him Daniel Daniel wake up look off the starboard bow <laughs> paradise at last oh we made it come on this is it this is the end of the line Telling me. Come on, all hands on deck. We gotta get this thing loaded before it sinks. Look at those palm trees. Damn, do you know what that means? Yeah, watch out for falling coconuts. Wise guy. No more Newark winters. I like winters, Ma. Oh, you like sore throats. You like frozen toes. I don't like smog. Did I tell you about the pool here? About a hundred times, Mom. Okay, so make it a hundred and one. Open your eyes, my darling son. This is the Garden of Eden. Come on. 
Listen, we're in apartment 20, okay? One flight up. So you gotta be the new people in apartment 20, right? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Hey, Freddie Fernandez, apartment 17. Daniel Russo. Yeah, he's done. Hey, let me help you. Oh, no, no, no I okay. gotta do it, buddy. It's fine. It's, nah, it's heavy. What? Yeah. It's heavy, man. Hey, uh, where you from? New Jersey. Oh, what you doing out here? Well, my mom got a job with some company out here. Rocket computers, flight of the future. I don't know. Never heard of it. <laughs> it's up and coming. Is this the only pool you guys got here? Yeah, that's it. Hey, what was that, karate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been doing it long? Yeah, a while. Ever use it? A couple times, you know. Bet you could kick some ass, huh? Yeah, I would like to learn some of that. Maybe you could teach me some time. Yeah, sure. Maybe you've had that same experience where you showed up and you realized, like, the pool is all that it's cracked up to be, right? Or, But in real life, what happened? What was it that was disappointing? You know, the thing that you'd signed up for just doesn't materialize the way that you thought it was. And then what do you do with that? You know, do, you, do you just kind of keep it to yourself and, and say, well, I'm frustrated, I'm disappointed? Do you take it out on other people? Or do you bring it before God? Do we think that, that God can handle that? Do we say, hey, God, this is what I thought was going to happen in my life or in my relationships, in my marriage, and whatever it might be. Um, watch it again um whatever it might be and all of a sudden we find out that hey this this isn't what i thought and do we bring that before the lord and say god i'm disappointed i'm frustrated with this if we follow the movie daniel faces bullies in school and of course if you've watched cobra kai at all the 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 uh the narrative has kind of changed a little bit and we find out that maybe Daniel wasn't all that he was cracked up to be either. But he's a, a fish out of water and he encounters the, the bullies and the jocks and these karate guys. And, and in the midst of, of him being bullied and beaten up, he encounters this Yoda-like maintenance man named Mr. Miyagi whose dad seems to have shown him everything. And Mr. Miyagi, he, he sees the struggle of Daniel and he comes alongside him and he says, hey, I'll, I'll train you up. And so Daniel, who has taken his uh, karate lessons at the local YMCA in New Jersey, he, he's excited at the prospect of being able to take on these bullies himself. And so he, he's like, yeah, absolutely, I'll sign up. But after Mr. Miyagi says to him, hey, I'll do this for you. He sits him down and he gives him some pointers, but he also asks for a commitment from Daniel as well. Let's watch this clip. Ready? Yeah, I guess so. And yes, I must talk. Walk on the road. Hmm? Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, tip a squish, just like grip. Here, karate, same thing. Either you karate do yes, or karate do no. 
You karate do get so just like grip. Understand? Yeah, I understand. Now ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yes. Let's make sacred pact. I promise teach karate that to my part. You promise learn. I say you do. No question. That to your part. Deal? Steal. This. First wash all the car. Then wax. Wax. Well, what do I have to wash I, all I, the car? Remember, dear. No question. Yeah, but I... Right. Wax on, right hand. Wax off, left hand. Wax on, wax off. Breathe in through nose, out the mouth. Wax on, wax off. Don't forget to breathe. Very important. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Hey, where these cars come from? Wax on. Detroit! Wax off. So Mr. Miyagi calls Daniel to, to do this, to follow him in these ways, but he knows that they're unconventional ways and that what he's going to do is probably going to cause a whole lot of questions. And in a similar way, in John 6, Jesus was calling people to himself and he knew that it was going to require some unconventional thinking for the people around him. Jesus had just finished telling in John 6, the people some really crazy things for them. He said this, he said, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise them up at the last day. And Jesus knew that this was going to be a weeding out for the disciples. I mean, it's like if it's a call to cannibals and vampires, right? That, hey, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And Jesus knew that this was going to be a hard saying, that people weren't going to be able to understand that and kind of like Daniel would, would have tons of questions. And in, in John chapter 6, later on, Jesus says this, or this is what we read, on hearing it, many of His disciples said, There's, this is a hard teaching, who can accept it? Aware that His disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where He was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they're full of the Spirit and life. And yet these are, there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray Him. He went on to say, This is why I told you no one can come to Me unless the Father has enabled them. And from this time, many of His disciples turned back and no longer followed Him. You don't want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. What Jesus was telling his disciples wasn't easy. Hey, you're going to have to 
drink my blood and eat my flesh. What we read earlier from Luke, that you have to take up your cross. That you're going to have struggles. Jesus wasn't trying to sell anyone anything. He certainly wasn't making it glamorous or sexy in what it would mean to follow Him. Jesus told His followers that they'd be rejected, that because of Him that they would be persecuted. And some of them just turned their back. You know, the Gospel is the fact that we are sinners in need of saving grace. That we need a means by which we can be redeemed to God again. And once Jesus told everyone who is following Him what it would entail, in verse 66 it says many of them had turned their back on Him. And I wonder when we signed up to follow after Jesus, what did we sign up for? Did we think that everything was going to be a cakewalk? That everything was going to be easy? And that you know, we wouldn't have any problems? There's some people who think that that's what following Jesus is. That's what being a, a Christian is, a disciple is. That, that once we follow after Jesus, all our problems are, are solved. No more relationship issues. No more financial issues. No more issues at all. But that's not what Jesus says. And once people realize that, they, they turn their back on Him. They said, we, we just won't do this. And so Jesus sees all these people and they're walking away. They're turning their back. And He says to the twelve, hey, are you going to leave me too? And good old Peter, right? Peter comes forward and Peter says what? He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. I think one of the most profound things about what Peter says here is that if you follow him throughout Scripture, throughout the Gospels and into Acts and even into his letters, you find out that Peter says that. He knows that Jesus is the one, that he has the words of life, and yet he still struggles to live that out. You know, he still denies him right before Jesus goes to the cross. He still struggles and acts with, with being someone who follows certain guidelines for his salvation rather than trusting in the grace of Jesus Christ to give that to him. And Peter has detours and diversions along the way. See, Jesus calls us to follow him even when we don't understand, even when we don't get exactly why certain things are the way that they are. Daniel didn't understand why he needed to wash and wax the cars. It didn't make sense to him. But you see, faith is about doing things that we don't always understand. It doesn't mean that we don't ask questions. It doesn't mean that we don't ever wonder or even struggle with what it is that's before us. But can we still move forward even when we don't have the whole picture? You know, Daniel continues his, his journey into learning karate. And he's not seeing things come together the way that he thought. It's not what he expected that it would be. He's frustrated and he, he just takes it out on Mr. Miyagi. And he kind of lets him have it. And Mr. Miyagi is patient with him. And he shows him something. This is what we see in this last clip. Oh, this spot. What spot? Hey, hey, how come you didn't tell me you were going fishing? 
You're not here when I go. Well, maybe I wouldn't want her to go. You ever think of that? You karate training. I'm what? I'm being you slave is what I'm being, man. Now, we made a deal here. So? So? So you're supposed to teach and I'm supposed to learn, remember? For four days, I've been busting my ass. I haven't learned a goddamn thing. Ah, you learned plenty. I learned plenty. I learned how to sand your decks, maybe. I wax your car, paint your house, paint your fence. I learned plenty, right? Ah, not everything is the same. Oh, bull****. I'm going home, man. Daniel-san! Daniel-san! What? Come here. Show me sand floor. I can't move my arm, all right? What are you doing? What are you... Ow! Ow, what are you doing? Now show me sand floor. How did you do that? Shut up! Sand the floor. Stand up. Show me sand floor. Sand, sand floor. Sand floor. Big sucker. Sand floor. Sand floor. Now show me wax on, wax off. Aye. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, hat. Wax off. Concentrate. Look in my eye. Lock a hand. Thumb inside. Wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Wax on. Wax off. Show me paint fence. Up, down. Up, down. Up, down. Other side. Look, I always look, I. Show me paint the house. Side, side. Black wrist. Side, side. Side, side. Show me wax on, wax off. Show me paint fence. Hey! Hey! Yes! Yes! Show me side to side. Yes! 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 Show me sand of floor. Hey! 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 My own human tendency is want to put myself in the place of God and think that I know better. You know, if we go back to Genesis 3, we see that that's at the heart of, of the sin of humanity. 
Satan got Adam and Eve to believe that lie that they could put themselves in that same position as God to be able to see everything and to understand it because that's what we want. We want to be able to have the whole picture and be able to understand. We don't want to you know, paint the fence and, and wash the cars and not be able to understand what that has to do with anything. And Daniel's frustrated. He comes to that place where he just kind of yells at Mr. Miyagi. And we might feel that same way. We think that we somehow know better than God, but God's word through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 51, he said this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, we encounter these words and, and oftentimes we just can't handle the fact that God's ways are higher than ours. That He sees things that we don't see. That somehow or another we think that we see the whole picture and really we've only got this small little glimpse The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, said these words, which I think are appropriate and helpful to me so often in life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul wrote this, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. See, we don't have the whole picture. Just like Daniel. As he was doing all that work, he thought he was just being treated like a slave. You know, he was just doing things for free. And yet all the while, Mr. Miyagi knew what was going on. He knew how all those pieces were going to connect. He, he knew that there would be that light bulb moment at the end when, when he could see it all starting to come together. But Daniel was frustrated because he couldn't see that picture. Every morning I get up, I'm usually one of the first one up in my house and I go through certain things, making the coffee and uh, reading through my Bible, praying. Uh, And then there's some brain games that I do to try to get the blood flowing a little bit. And there's this one game that I play called Posterdle. I'm a movie fan and it starts out with a very pixelated picture of a movie poster and you press start and over the course of like 20 or 30 seconds the picture starts to be revealed more and more now one of the people in my house whose name shall not be divulged is like almost rain man-esque in their ability to be able to get these in like a second or two me it usually takes the picture becoming less pixelated for me to finally get it oh it's that picture I kind of see the same thing as I see this correlation between what Daniel experiences here, what I see in that game every single day, that oftentimes in life I'm going through something and it, it just looks blurry to me. It's so pixelated and I can't make it out. I don't quite understand what God's trying to do. Maybe over time it starts to get a little bit clearer. It starts to get clearer. And I begin to see the pieces come together. But let's face it. It's possible that there are times in our life when it's still not clear. (laughs) And we're looking at it and we're looking at it all kinds of different ways and we're trying to make it out. And we're asking God, hey, just show me. Because I can't see it. 
And maybe on this side of eternity, we never will. You know, one of the things that I've done over and over again when I've been at that place in my own life is I've just kind of pleaded with God. Sometimes I've been angry like Daniel. And I've just said, you know what? I'm frustrated. I don't know why this has to happen or that has to happen. Why would you make me go through this? And God patiently, just like Mr. Miyagi, He looks at me. And He says, trust me. And there have been times when I've just prayed and said, God, you don't have to show me the whole picture, but at least let me see a little bit of clarity here. It's like doing a puzzle without having the box top. Trying to see how it all fits together. And sometimes it can be frustrating. We feel like we're just waxing and washing cars. We feel like we're painting fences. We feel like we're sanding floors. And it's not going anywhere. But God sees it all. He sees the whole picture, even when we don't. He understands the whole thing. He knows how they all fit together, even when we don't. And do we trust Him in that? I'd, I'd like to think that, that someday when we stand before God, we'll have this light bulb moment like Daniel has, right? When he's just standing there before Mr. Miyagi, speechless because he gets it all of a sudden. I think that's what Paul was saying in some ways in 1 Corinthians 13. And now we see in part, we see but a dim reflection, but then we will see fully. We will see the whole picture. We'll understand what all these things meant. In the meantime, we have faith and we trust that God's doing what He promised He would do. Do we trust that it's all working? It's all okay? and that He will fulfill His purpose. Paul writes elsewhere in his letters that He who began a good work in you will complete it. Do we trust that that work that God has started in us will be complete? As hard as it is, even when we don't see it or understand it, even when we can't make it all out, it seems like a pixelated picture. Do we trust that God still is looking over us and watching us? as our Heavenly Father. Let me pray for us. God, we thank You that You see all these things even when we don't. God, it's hard. It's hard when things don't turn out the way that that we'd like. It's hard when we can't see all the pieces, when the picture looks blurry, and when we just don't understand. And so, Father, we can only do this through You. We can only see these things through You. So, Father, help us to have faith. Help us to trust in You in the midst of it. God, meet us in those places. Have patience with us, we pray. And just give us the strength and faith that we need for this journey, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The cost of following Jesus is high and the road is hard, but one day we'll see how everything fits together. In the meantime, we put our faith and trust in God that he sees and holds everything and that he'll reveal it to us when the time is right. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at thebranchashland@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, 
give us a review, and share with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. See you next time.